Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. One definition for decline in the American Heritage Dictionary is a disease that gradually weakens or wastes the body. Yesterday's life study program from 2 Timothy chapter 2 was on the spread of the church's decline. Now today we're covering chapter 3 and the worsening of the church's decline. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker to bring you the healthy words from the life study of 2 Timothy to counter the disease that would weaken the body of Christ. Bob, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be with you again, Matt. Bob, we can really see God's enemy attacking the body of Christ, the church, with this disease or decline in the book of Second Timothy, Paul's last epistle that he wrote of his 14 epistles. Could you give our listeners a brief introduction to today's program? Well, Matt, while the apostles were still living here about 67 A.D., just before Paul's departure through martyrdom, there was a degradation of the church had already begun. And when we read the book of Acts, we can see such a pure beginning. The church had a wonderful beginning. All the believers were continuing steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles. There was oneness, one accord. There was a a spreading through the gospel, and there was a building up by the nourishment of the believers through the pure teaching of the apostles that caused the believers to grow in life and to become the expression of God. But as the church went on, more and more uh, people from the outside of the church uh, came in with other kinds of teachings. And these teachings gradually brought in an element into the church, an unhealthy element And the church became diseased with this unhealthy element. And here uh, in the book of 2 Timothy, we can see Paul is realizing or recognizing and even pointing out to his spiritual child, Timothy, that this decline is underway. It has already begun. It is spreading like a spreading disease in our human body. It's spreading in the body of Christ, a spiritual disease. And also, in the program today, we'll see that it was not only spreading, but Paul realized that in the future, it would become worse and worse. So Paul had a clear view of the real condition of the church, what was going on in the church at that time. And he also had a clear realization concerning what kind of medicine, let's say, should be administered to this sick body the body of Christ, to recover its health and to restore it back to the proper condition. Real quick, Bob, before I get into the life study and read the first verse from chapter 3, what is that antidote? Well, the antidote to the decline of the church is simply the truth that is according to the teaching of the apostles. And the thing that brings in degradation is a turning away from the apostles' teaching, which is the truth. 
Well, I hope we can really get into that today, Bob. Thanks for sharing. Let me read the first verse, okay, and then we'll go on and join Witness Lee for today's life study, program number five from the epistle of Second Timothy. But know this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Here's Witness Lee. I'd like to point out to you a very significant point of Second Timothy. That is how to inoculate the church against its decline. In chapter 1, it gives us the uh, divine provisions for such an inoculation. Then it goes on to uh, tell us the basic factor of the uh, decline. Then in chapter 2, it tells us first the inoculator. To carry out the inoculation, you need some inoculator, skillful inoculator. Then in the second half of chapter 2, it tells us the spread of the decline. Then in chapter 3, it tells us the worsening of the decline. Then it gives us the antibiotic, the antidote of the inoculation. What is antidote? The Bible. See? The Bible. And then the incentive to the inoculator. Some kind of encouragement. What is the incentive of the inoculators, us, that means, the coming reward. We'll receive a reward for the work of inoculation. So, consider a little bit, Second Timothy. It is not a book of the pastors. It is not a pastoral book. It is absolutely a book of the doctors. <laughs> With the nurses. All the nurses are inoculators. Amen. They give people shot. Sometimes they give you a little cut in order to put in the inoculation. Very good. Bob, I'd like to get into this last matter with you about the cut and the inoculation and how we're all doctors and nurses. We're not pastors. This is not a pastoral book, as so many have referred to it. But before I do that, I'd like to ask you to say something about the outlining in the recovery version. Or, you know, the Witness Lee just gave us the whole book of Second Timothy in a nutshell. He went through the whole thing very quickly. And I know that you've worked on the recovery version, the, just finished the Old Testament that Living Stream just released. Can you say something? I mean, this has always amazed me how Witness Lee could take a book of the Bible in his life study and summarize the whole thing in an outline that's contained in the recovery version. What goes into those outlines? Well, I would say, uh, Matt, these outlines are a great help to us to understand the, I would say, the intrinsic meaning of any book of the Bible. Well, what goes into producing such an outline? Well, since I've never produced one, it's a little bit hard for me to describe, but I would say this, that Brother Lee could produce such an outline because of his, first of all, 
He studied the Word of God for more than 70 years. His whole life, from the day that he was saved, he loved the Bible. He loved to read it. And while he was reading it, he did not depend on traditional concept or his own concept or understanding. While he was reading the Word, he was always in a spirit of prayer and looking to the Lord to give him the light that would illuminate him from within so that he could understand what God was really speaking in his word. What was the intrinsic spiritual meaning? Not just the historical facts, uh, the moral and ethical teachings and so forth, but Brother Lee was a man of revelation. He was a man who received divine revelation not to add anything to the Bible. No, we cannot add anything to the Bible, but we need to understand the Bible, and we need divine revelation for that. So I would say he was a man of revelation who had insight from the Lord concerning the intrinsic meaning of the Scriptures. And this insight that he received was not just based on his own fellowship with God directly. It was based on all those great teachers of the past. He stood on their shoulders so that he could receive a higher understanding than they received. So the outlines of this book, I mean, this is a great treasure to know that the book of 2 Timothy is a book of inoculators. Inoculating against the decline of the church is a tremendous help. I remember Witness Lee saying one time that to understand the book's arrangement and content of the Bible is like understanding the ABCs. This is just the fundamental part of understanding the Bible. Then once you understand and can outline a book and get it all understood, then you can get into the intrinsic significance of the book. Wonderful. Well, Bob, let's go on to 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 5. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, implacable, slanderers, without self-control, savage, not lovers of good, traitors, reckless, blinded with pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an outward form of godliness, though denying its power. From these also turn away. It's quite a striking portion of the word, isn't it, Bob? It really is, Matt. Let's go on to Witness Lee. Let us come to chapter 3. If you read carefully, from verse 2 through verse 5, man here doesn't denote the unbelievers, the non-Christians. This is a picture of the so-called Christians. How do you know? Verse 5 proves having a form of godliness. The unbelievers, they don't have any kind of godliness. So this proves man here refers to Christians. For man, in the word man to Christians. For Christians shall be lovers of self, selfish. Even in the cathedral, people are selfish. Lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Now, 
I must point out, Paul put these two points together and thankful with disobedient to parents. And this unthankful here really mainly means unthankful to the parents, unthankful to the ones who raise you up. Let me tell you where when Bethany was suffering the biggest opposition since 1942 that caused him to be out of his function for six years. Some of the dissenting ones they check with me, Brother Lee, do you believe that Brother Lee has never been wrong? I said, Brother, whether Brother Lee has ever been wrong or right, that is not my business. The only one thing I know, I owe him something like a child owing to the parents. Amen. This I know. Without such a brother, a servant of the Lord, I could never have my today's Christian life. He was my spiritual father. I mean it. He raised me up. I thank the Lord for such a servant of the Lord sends either to your parents in the flesh or to someone in the spirit who helps you to go up, to raise you up. You must learn to be thankful. Bob, all these items in this portion of the word are really indicative of the worsening of the decline, especially this last connection that Witness Lee made between being unthankful and being disobedient to parents. It really portrays difficult times, as verse 1 says, Bob, how do we know if someone's apparent in the Lord to us as Witness Lee described his relationship was with Watchman Nee to express our thankfulness to him or her? Well, I would say, Matt, it's a great blessing from the Lord to have a spiritual parent, one who has, first of all, given you birth in the divine life, one who preached the gospel to you through whom you believed. Paul was such a one to many believers especially to these ones in Asia. He preached the gospel to them. After preaching the gospel to them, he nourished them like a mother, a nursing mother, so that they could grow. So in a real sense, these believers owed to him their very spiritual existence, the spiritual life that they had received and the growth that they had experienced in Christ. It was because of Paul's ministry and yet they turned away from him and his ministry. Well, if we have such a a person or persons who are our spiritual parents in the Lord, that is a great blessing. That means we have someone who is more mature than we are, but who nourishes us, who cares for us, so that we can grow. Well, it may be that one day that spiritual parent may make a mistake or do something wrong. Well, if we are proud and puffed up in ourselves, we may look at that spiritual parent and forget everything that he or she has imparted to us so that we can have our spiritual life. You become unthankful. We become unthankful because we're proud in ourselves or we're ambitious to have some kind of position. So we begin to criticize this one 
and we begin to tell others about his mistake. Of course, the classic example of this is the example in the book of Genesis of Noah and his sons. You know, after the flood, Noah and his family were the ones who were living on the earth, and God charged them to multiply and fill the earth. So God had a new start, and Noah was the leader among the whole human race at that time. He was also the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. One day, Noah uncovered himself in his tent. This was because he became drunk. This was a failure on the part of Noah. This was not right conduct. This was wrong conduct. But one of his sons, Ham, exposed his father's nakedness. But the other two, very illustrative, they took a blanket, and they walked backward. They didn't even look at his nakedness, and they covered him. These two who covered their father's nakedness, they got the blessing. The one who exposed the nakedness of his father was cursed. That was Ham. This shows us that toward our spiritual parents, we cannot afford to be unthankful. We must be grateful to everything they've done for us and if they perhaps they make a mistake, we need to conduct ourselves properly, not exposing their error, but even covering it and praying to the Lord and realizing the Lord is the one who has to deal with this situation. This is quite an illustration. The verse that comes to mind right now for me, Bob, is uh, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. If we would just humble ourselves and be thankful, you have to have some humility to be thankful. That's right. Let's go on to the concluding word, Bob, in uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. But you have closely followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, such as befell me in Antioch, in Iconium, in Lystra. Such persecutions I bore, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Then, unholy, without natural affection, implacable, slanders, without self-control, savage, what a word. Savage, wild, non-lovers of good, traitors, reckless, blinded with pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Then having a form of godliness, but having denied its power, from these also turn away. Isn't this a picture of today's Christendom? Dear saints, you and I, we all have to endeavor, by his mercy and grace, reject this picture. We want something vice versa. But you have closely followed my teaching. Conduct, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, endurance. Purpose, this word used by Paul in his New Testament writings, always referring to God's purpose, a definite Aim for God's divine purpose. Love, endurance, persecution, sufferings which happened to me in Antioch, in Iconium, in Lustri, 
what persecution I bore, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And indeed, not only me, but all who desire to live godly. That means to live godliness. In Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We have to expect persecution. Because we live a life which is termed godliness. And they are in the situation is altogether ungodliness. As long as we live here, they got condemned. So they have to oppose. They have to attack. They have to make rumors. And they have to smear our faces. They have to dirt our names. This is persecution. All who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. You tell me, who will persecute these godly people? Not the worldly, secular people. Right? Just like the Lord told us in John 16, people will kill you thinking they are serving God. They are zealous for their God. They will kill you just because we don't take their traditional way. Don't think these are non-Christians. These are the so-called Christians, they're saints. I'm so glad that the Lord's mercy has brought you to hear all these honest, healthy words. Praise Him. Well, it's good to end a word on praise Him. But Bob, I think the common thought is that persecution comes from unbelievers, and yet here we see it's from the so-called Christians. How can this be? This is right, Matt. We always like to read the Second Timothy, especially these words, which are so negative, and associate them with the worldly people outside the church. But Paul is not talking about those people in this epistle. He's talking about the ones within the church they will become so degraded that they will actually persecute the ones who are faithfully going on according to the truth in God's Word. And if we look at the history of the Christian church throughout the centuries, this word of Paul's has been confirmed and borne out in church history. Uh, Always in every age, After the apostles went to the Lord, the church became more and more degraded. But there was always a small number of believers, a remnant, who remained faithful to God according to the word of the Bible. They always stood on God's word. They would not follow the traditional practices of those who departed from the truth of God's word. Therefore, These ones who were in the degradation, these degraded believers, turned against the faithful ones and persecuted them, many times unto death. This is the terrible history of the church in its degraded situation. And this was foretold by Paul, and it has been fully confirmed by the church's history. Even today, this is still going on. If we want to stand for the Lord, absolutely, and practice our Christian life and church life according to the Bible, purely and absolutely, we will be persecuted by those who take a different way. 
Well, Bob, I hope our listeners are as impressed with this as we are here in the studio. Uh, Wherever you are driving down the road today, I hope you can see that we're not talking about someone else. We're talking about the potential that Christians can persecute Christians. We're also talking about Christians are the men referred to in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 3 that are the ones who can become a lover of the self. They can become a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God. Well, we hope that's not you. We hope that you'll respond to this word and even right now stop wherever you are and tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. Lord Jesus, I love you. I don't want to be a lover of the self. I want to be a lover of God. Amen. Bob, thanks for coming into the studio. We've run out of time. Well, it's good to be with you again, Matt. And we hope you'll stay with us also as we finish the life study of Second Timothy in the next few days and uh, continue on with Philemon and Titus right after that. If you'd like to get the printed materials, you can call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling one 888 543 3788.